Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. Now, as always, I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Ben and Evan. But first, I've got to shout out our longtime friends and sponsors. I've been seeing a lot more of them these days now that things are uh, back open again. Radar Toys right here in Eugene. You can go to RadarToys.com, get free shipping in the U.S., and save an additional 10% using the code BATFANPOD. Now, today we are going to wrap up our Damian Wayne trilogy here in the DC Animated Universe. This is Jason O'Mara's third time under the cowl. We are introducing Batwoman and a lot of other characters. This is Batman Bad Blood. Bad Blood 2016, directed by Jay Oliva. My autocorrect says Olivia. Written by J.M.D. Mateus again, starring yet again Jason O'Mara as Batman, Ivan Strahovski, Stuart Strahovsky. Allen Strahovski. She was in Chuck, Mass Effect 2 and 3. Well, thank you other stuff. for the correction. <laughs> thank you, Ben. Stuart Allen, Sean Marr, Marina Baccarin. One thing that I didn't realize, Sean Marr, who's been Nightwing before and the ones mm-hmm. we've watched, was also in Firefly and Serenity. So that's a, interesting. I, I didn't. Yeah, other shows I've definitely watched. As an actor or a voice actor? As an actor. Nice. James Garrett, Ernie Hudson, Ghostbuster. Jeff Pearson. The president of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. But also Dexter Morgan's dad. And he was on like a, that show that was sort of like a Married with Children, Unhappily Ever After or something like that. Oh, I never saw that one. But I did think that, that he was very well cast yeah. in this movie. Steve Blum or Bloom, is it Bloom? Also Blum? in Mass Effect and also Spike from Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, he's most notably, I think, Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. He See, a, you know stuff. He does a ton of yeah. voices in well, the Batman games. He's yeah. a voice actor, like prolific voice actor. Man, I was like going through his, uh, like, who else might this dude be? But uh, he's Mugen from Samurai Champloo, but then the, the vast majority of them were video games. Yeah. Okay, help surprised. me out here. Help me out here as a novice. I've heard on this show... The two of you guys both say Samurai Champloo so and Shampoo. Shampoo is the answer. Shampoo would have just been like mumble, mumble mouth, mush mouth. Okay, that was <laughs> not enunciating right. my words. Got it. And composed yet again by Frederick Weidman. Travis Willingham, who did Heretic's voice. At first I couldn't place it, but I was like, it's got to be from an anime. So I looked it up, and he's this character, Roy Mustang from Full Metal Alchemist. Thank you, IMDb. Was there anything else notable? Because his voice seemed familiar to me, but I couldn't place it. Other than that, it looked like a bunch of games to me. Huh. The, I, I felt like it was something else, but that's the only one that I had seen. I hate that when you're like going through somebody's list and you're like, no, I swear it's not this. Like, it's not one episode of Californication. <laughs> it be that. It's something else. With this person. Yeah. yeah, there has to be. And then it turns out they answers. remind you of somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right, initial thoughts on Bad Blood. This is the third of the trilogy here that we're in with Batman and Damian Wayne. Pretty dope. I feel like it's a visual improvement. I don't know if they're like rolling over monies from the previous ones or something (laughs) and putting it into this, but the quality is high and stays high the entire time. 
Yeah, the animation is nice. Real good. My overall feelings are similar to the last two. Yeah. Just like it hits the par that the other two set. Yeah. Uh-huh. First thing we hear in this movie is Chucky Saul. He's been kidnapped by a rival gang. Batwoman swoops in. First time we've seen her. Batman actually kind of interrupts her saving the day. They tag team it. I wrote Batman finishes the job beautifully. Using a gun makes you just like them. You know, we just get so many little great Batman things in this opening scene here. This fight scene is awesome. Yeah. And once they get through everybody really quickly, I think they're kind of up on like a catwalk and we're first seeing the villain, right? Heretic. I wrote, he looks like Super Shredder, like a video game boss or something. He's so huge and built and he's got like you know the mask on and he's kind of baney the kind voice. of shreddery i could definitely see that and there's something he said about like do i know you or whatever and uh he just says intimately you know well don't we get the flash there of, so they like, fucked and not at all <laughs> yeah that's another guy that bruce wayne banged early on in his career and yeah, maybe nine years ago or, that one bar yeah but don't we get in that scene the flash of like the overlay of his nightmare thing yeah what the legacy of him being Batman will be for the city. Oh, they cut to that? Just in that moment, the, the flash is over Heretic's face. I must have been fucking writing my notes there. I'm like, intimately, that's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm so fucking smart, goddamn. <laughs> hey, I didn't write it. <laughs> yeah, I must have missed that. That's pretty good foreshadowing. They're having like a Shredder-esque confrontation again on the catwalk, gangplank, I don't know what that's called. But Batwoman attacks him, and he just, like, he doesn't care that she's a lady at all. <laughs> He's just, like, clinks, like, metal bats her against the handrail. And yeah, ragdoll. She gets, a, she gets a couple chances, but he just wrecks her. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they establish a legitimate threat right out of the gate. All right, so Nightwing is tasked with looking after Damien. He gets called away by what seems like a booty call. It's Coriander, the famous hero Coriander. Mm, okay. Starfire. If you oh, beat yeah, some yeah. actual Teen Titan stuff. All right, cool. Now you're getting excited. Is that true? Yeah, Coriander. That's they have a yes, you guys, come on. If you know Ragman, but you don't know Starfire, <laughs> what is this? That's funny. Starfire is a great character. So anyway, he misses out on Starfire's whatever they're gonna do. <laughs> and Gets called to the Batcave. Alfred is impersonating Bruce via CGI at some kind of virtual board meeting, which I find very interesting and classic (laughs) Batman shenanigans, um, where he has like a fucking modeler doing the voice and everything. And uh, Dick comes in, he's like, hey, you got to watch those bloody L's if you're not going to blow your cover. Because you don't know it's fake at first, and you hear him say that, and you're like, what? (laughs) It cuts to fucking... Alfred's VR helmet or whatever, you know. I like that he has to try to act like Bruce. Yeah. Batman's been missing for two weeks since the confrontation there. There was a big explosion, and everybody got away, but they haven't seen Bruce. Uh, We see Lucius trying to convince Luke to join them there at Wayne Industries, Wayne Tech, whatever they're called in this universe, instead of the military. And Wasn't we, he already in the military? It's a very short scene. They don't give us a lot there for a character we've never seen on screen before. And in Detective Comics, wasn't he like an MMA guy also? Well, in that, I think he was like, yeah, he was like famous. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he might have been a fighter. Yeah. And this he's just like was in the service is what they say, I think. Yeah, I think so. 
Um, but anyway, he's trying to like, yeah, you should come on board, you know, work with us here. And then we see Kate meeting with her dad for dinner and talking about how Batman's gone. He's MIA and nobody's seen him since. And the Batmobile drives by and he's like, uh, bye. <laughs> in this, in this scene, I swear Colonel Kane pulls out the flask from his pocket and I thought he was going to put it on his salad. I was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's a real problem. <laughs> that's no dressing, <laughs> Colonel. Maybe it's like Elf. He keeps his maple syrup in there. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. It could be Thousand Island. Yeah. There's too much sodium in these restaurant dressings. <laughs> <laughs> so, quote-unquote Batman, because we have Dick filling in now, he picks off Black Mask and his gang, Batman Begins style. I really like this swooping in and out of the frame, very stealthily taking these guys out. Already good action in this. They escape on a semi-truck. And so they're hanging off the back of it. Robin shows up. Fuck shit, I'd be scaling the side of this thing. Why are you looking at me weird? You're looking at, you're giving me a look. <laughs> as soon as you said Batman Begins, I just heard, swear to me. And I can't, that's all no, I'm No, 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 no. It's fucking, where are you? I know. Here. But- in the part with Black Mask where he's down on the ground and up against the car, it was another one of those Batman 89 were sitting at the mob table caught in the crossfire action where like he's on the ground and Batman is in front of him, but all of his goons are behind Batman and they all like open fire in his <laughs> direction. Like, <"Dude>, yeah, <laughs> yeah. your boss is right there. That moment bothered me too because it was not as bad, but then almost worse because of it. At the end of Under the Red Hood, Jason shoots Batman and Batman rotates. Out of the way. Yeah, no, he rotates faster than the bullet goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's ridiculous, but it's so stylized that I sort of give it a pass even though it doesn't make sense. But this one was like they all see Batman mm. and they all shoot their guns at him and then he notices and jumps out of the way. <laughs> where like it would have been better if he just noticed them, jumped out of the way and then they fired. Like that one slight change cuz now it just looks like None of them can shoot an assault rifle yeah, at a they stationary have, target. They're stormtroopers. Yeah. That's it's it's it, yeah. it's such a weird choice. Well, I knew we were going to have this conversation on this episode because there's a shot later where Batwoman dodges a gunshot that is as close as you and I are sitting. <laughs> Whatever that one must not have stood out to me as much. Is it the gun is fired and she moves, or she moves before the gun is fired? I don't know. I was like. I swear they're going to either be hung up on this or have some explanation for it. But to me, it looked like the same shit as the other one that you guys didn't like. Who's pointing the gun at her? I don't remember that one. Talia. I mean, the only way it can be justified, I didn't notice, so it must not have bothered me, is, again, if someone moves before the shot is fired. And again, you can argue with these people because they're supposed to be like the best fighters, the most agile, just like honed reflexes. They can do stuff like that. But once the gun is fired, you can't do that. <laughs> which is why that scene was so bad, because it was multiple people pointing rifles. Rifles, which are fairly easy to shoot compared to like a handgun. They're like Coldplay, man. They're just moving at the speed of sound. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Mm. Damn. Um, that makes me wonder what the criteria is for even being hired as a goon. Because like if, if willingness mark, marksmanship is not Scheduling. part of the criteria. Okay with crime. Yeah, mean. Can, yeah. can you work nights? Done. <laughs> <laughs> Do what you're told. Oh, and they what they give you like a little uh, black mask, melted face origin story, and that's the end of it, or something. Oh yeah, they fuck him up. I forgot about that. Like he gets his mask fused to his face, and 
that's the end. Have a good afternoon. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him in this little scene and going, oh, I forgot he was in this. Oh, I wish he was in this more then, you know? Uh, that's a, uh, a complaint I would say about the whole thing. That's my... Not, not that, I wish it was more about Black Mask. Let's get to the cons, guys. So, <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. There's a lot of shit going on in this. There's too much stuff. They introduce many characters right out the gate, and it's not like in Under the Red Hood where Jason shows up, throws the duffel bag down there in front of all the mob bosses and shoots them and all this shit. You know, this Black Mask scene serves a similar purpose, I guess, but, yeah, it lacks something because that is not essential to the rest of the story. Maybe uh-huh. they didn't have this in mind, this third one after they did the first one or even the second one. Yeah. But all this stuff, these are all like seeds that should have been planted in the previous two films of introducing these characters. Because this has to do so much. It has to introduce Batwoman, Batwing, Heretic, all this, uh, basically a different version of Talia than we saw before because her character is yeah. extremely different. And when I saw this, I saw this first. I think I did too. Yeah, divorced from the rest of it. So it didn't bother me as much then. The whole thing was novel and it was just neat to see like Batwoman for the first time in a thing, yeah. in an animated thing. Yeah. But it's not set up well for how much they're trying to do. They really should have cut stuff down. And if they really are a trilogy, then I don't see how some of this stuff is connected or makes sense at all related to the previous two things. Like what? Like, why is Talia actually bad, bad now? And why does she seem to not like Damien when she just left Damien? You know, she's like, I'll leave you in the care of your father. But then later on, when Bruce is on the nightmare machine, she's like, you've become (laughs) soft. That must have been your father's influence. Like, if you didn't want to influence him, why did you leave him at his house? It's, yeah, it's so strange as a continuation of those things. But it is. It's a continuation of those two stories. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, I, I never doubted that, like, she's got motives, but I felt like there, there's a weird love between her and Bruce, and she generally cares for her son, and then in this, she just seems like a real villain. Yeah, and they don't really acknowledge that again until the very last scene of the movie, but the rest of the time, she's pretty hardcore. You could have yeah. even lampshaded the whole thing by just making it be some kind of weird Lazarus Pit thing. Uh, we oh. know when people come back from the Lazarus Pit, they're not quite the same and yeah. they've got to do something, but none of that. Yeah, you're right. There's always like a one paragraph of dialogue that can fix any fucking yeah, if you do story right, weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damien uh, swoops in as well, crashes this semi-truck, and then criticizes Dick's Batman impression. And uh, Batwoman shows up She's not convinced either, so everyone's just giving him shit. He's like, but I was fucking asked to be here, okay? <laughs> I tried, I've tried for so long to not be Batman, and yeah, now I have to be right. here. Exactly. That woman tells them what happened when she was there and saw the explosion, and Batman died slash disappeared or whatever it was. Damien says, who are they working for? And she responds, when I find out, I'll drop a note in your lunchbox. <laughs> like, I like the banter between these characters, like, they are sort of forced to work together more so than the like detective comics where they they voluntarily kind of came together out of respect for Batman and whatever. Yeah, this is more like a, oh shit, they, if no one else is going to do this, I better, you know. Just don't get in my uh, way, kid. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's some good lines in this. I, I think that, I can't remember if maybe Damien is talking about 
Batwoman. Um, and he says something about, I don't trust her to Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And Nightwing is like, but you did trust Talon. And yeah. one, one that connects it to the cartoon right before this, but also like sick burn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no, they hated it. each other in the last one. Mm-hmm. So got to keep that up. We do get a bit of Kate's backstory here. And this just makes me wish that they had kind of done one step at a time. And we just stick with Kate's introduction and her theme through this, because we get her mom and her sister, along with herself being kidnapped, but she was the only survivor, right? She goes into the military uh, prior to becoming Batwoman, and then we see Batman was even on the fence about whether or not to enlist her or if he was going to take her down as a threat because she's a Red Hood type, you know? She's she has a gun. Got the military background. She's not afraid to uh, to kill, and so it was cool, but you kind of took, like, the first act of a movie and crammed it into one scene through these quick little, this montage, you know? Well, and I thought about what Evan said before about talking about, like, uh, the first one, Bat- Son of Batman, how it's like an action movie. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you give an action movie a little bit of a pass if the whole point is to be exciting action. But at the same time, I still think it should, it should hold up on other levels. And, like, that's where this doesn't. Because I think this would have really benefited from what they did with the other two stories, having it be like, take those interesting elements from Batwoman's origin story and then fold those into maybe another single story, but have all her issues be the central theme and the central challenge mixed with whatever like they did with having Court of Owls and whatever the other story they mixed together with that was last time, the Damien story. Yeah. But instead it is, like you say, they cram. It's not just the first act. It's like the entire first half of a movie crammed into one scene. We meet her. We find out what her deal is, her relationship with Batman, and it just doesn't have any weight. Yeah, and I think that this suffers a little bit from the Justice League syndrome, and by which I mean the films where, you know, the first one, you know, they they cut it down, they made whatever changes they did, but I mean, ultimately they wanted a regular length movie with way too many fucking characters. And then in the director's cut, you know, you have this incredibly long movie that does a service to every single person in it. So this either needs to be some kind of fucking epic two-parter or just focus a little more on a character, a direction. And, or, if, when. A-E-I-O-E-U. And sometimes, why? I was thinking... Again, on those same lines of like, it's an action movie. It's here for the excitement and the set pieces. You're pointing a lot like a politician right now. Listen, I want you to agree with me. Karate chopping the air. Love me, please. Um, (laughs) Go the other way. Don't focus on that stuff at all. Here's Batwoman. Here's Batwing. They're on the team. Focus everything on the goal and the conflict. Don't do any of the personal stuff, the backstory stuff. Keep it on Damien. Yeah, because we could keep it... Because the trilogy, really, that's... That's the core of it, is Damien, Talia, why else bring her back if it's not to keep that going? And you can still uh-huh. have Batwoman be in it, yeah. but just don't even focus on her story at like, all. We don't know her yet. She's still a mystery. Because so much of that stuff to me felt like fan service, mm. where it's just to be like, hey, you read the comics, so we're not going to do any of the work, but we're going to have to do the work. So you'd be like, uh-huh. oh, I remember that thing in the comics. They're like, we didn't realize this was going to Netflix to a general audience later. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Whoops. It. Yeah, it's just clunky. But like, I think there's a way to do it without 
investing in all the characters because that's what you really want. You want to spend time with them and know them, but you can have cool characters. Well, and care what happens to them. Like you said, there's not a lot of weight in this one because of the lack of development, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't... I didn't feel a whole lot anyway, and that, I'll get into that more. I'm saying you're wrong because earlier you was right. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I Thank accept. you. Yeah, yeah. You made the good point that's discrediting what you're now saying. That's all. You're a good it. You're my favorite it. <laughs> Colonel Kane gives Batwoman some intel on this mysterious new villain called Heretic. Luke simultaneously accuses Lucius, his dad, of providing tech to Batman. He's like, I've seen some of this. Sh-. You know, it's like, uh, tell me you haven't seen your baby pancaking co- cars on the nightly news, you know. Um, but then as this is happening, we barely establish this conflict. Heretic busts in like the Kool-Aid man. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Stabs Lucius, steals some shit out of the vault. Uh, Batman and Robin... Uh, swoop in, drive the Batmobile through the fucking wall. Like the other movies, a lot of this felt lifted from the Nolan movies. Yeah. And fuck shit up, but all the important people get away. Um, And it's important to note here that the Electrocutioner, I believe, is the character. One of the classic Batman villains. Yeah, one of the best names. Uh, It's so mysterious. getting a tattoo. Is shocking... (laughs) Robin on the ground and heretic as he's leaving tells him to stop like get in the van or whatever and he doesn't so he just shoots him dead and that is kind of the first well the first clue is the one you had if this guy's the devil yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the first one's yeah. the one I fucking missed yeah so yeah uh, second clue that something's up here is, a, is yes. when he saves for him. sure at first it was like um, is this alternate universe batman that cares about his son or is this like a future version of damien who doesn't want to see himself get shocked does he just hate the electrocutioner yeah yeah is this <laughs> Did just they have a fight in the car to, on the way there that stupid named villain i didn't want you on this team anyway <laughs> i i just keep looking at ev's new mustache and feeling like you need to be in like all leather like with a motorhead shirt on, you know, maybe like in a metal band or something. Cigarette okay. dangling from your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm sure off camera somewhere he's got like his Jack Daniels, you know, because um, he's he's like the old school rock star that like biker gangs listen to, you know. Yeah, I've been doing cocaine this entire time. I'm a hard boozer. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a leather jacket though. Oh shit! From what my color motorcycle is it? days. Black. Okay. It's yellow. <laughs> it's, like it's yellow like Jubilee. It's, it's, got, it's got tassels like stink. <laughs> oh, God. See, this is why this show is fun. Like, it's the content that brings us together, but <laughs> it's, it's where we go with the it. The random shit that, other, <laughs> that everyone brings up that makes me laugh. The free association uh, movie references. <laughs> Bruce hallucinates. Now I, I do have a vivid ah! image of Evan. As Jubilee, <laughs> your head. Man, I could rock Jubilee's costume. Yeah, like I'll just get some pink safety glasses. I could do it. I could rock it and some dishwashing gloves. Little pixie wig. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now you can segue. Continue. You gotta learn her really cool '90s catchphrases, though. 
You're not my dad, Wolverine. <laughs> Bop it. <laughs> Stick it. All right, so Bruce hallucinates a four-way sexy time. Oh, man, I thought that this was, like, kind of tragic. I was like, can he not have just a regular sex dream? Like, does it all? Does his sex dreams always lead to mommy and daddy murder? Well, that's what I was going to say. Probably. He's having this epic fucking, like, I mean, wet dream, basically, and then yeah. it immediately moves to his fucking parents dying in the alley. I'm like, how do these things go together? <laughs> that's so sad. That made me think of, in Lord of the Rings, you got the swamp that's full of, like, spirits of battlefields past like pulling them in that's what these underwater guys made me think oh. of bruce pulling them in see i'm just looking at this dream correlation and thinking anytime i've seen these <laughs> porn titles that are like dirty stepmom wants to talk to you or blah 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 and i'm like who is this for bruce it's for bruce yeah, <laughs> yeah. there we go has serious issues <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm going, why do those dreams go together? And they're like, oh, I see. They're just digging through his memories and his thoughts. And like, like torturing him at the same time. As what it, it seemed like he was kind of guiding the dreams in a way to break him down or mm. to fuck with him. Mm. Oh. That's what they're talking about. Like, we need to break him down so that we can get through his barriers. Yeah, in there. And, then, and then he'll be mine. Okay, okay. I thought they were just like cruising on through this dude's brain. <laughs> like, it, it reminded me of the box from Batman Forever. You know, Riddler's fucking stick a thing on your head and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that kinda makes sense actually, because I like if Batman's who we think he is, then you probably couldn't torture him in yeah. traditional ways. It like sleep deprivation wouldn't work on him. So we'll make him go to sleep, but then it's not good sleep, we'll just fuck with his brain the whole time. Yeah, no restoration, no rest. Yeah. You know, he's captive, he's exhausted, he really is kind of sleeping, but it's not actually good he's the being whole time. Tormented the entire time. And I only meant to say that when Talia shows up, I was like, because they don't at that point you don't know about the heretic relation, I was like and again I'm thinking like what is she doing? I thought that I thought that she was kind of good guy. Uh, last time I saw her, I could have swore that she cared about All stuff. that worked better without the baggage of the previous two movies. Yeah. When you just yeah. see this on its own, it's like, oh, well, there's that character I know, and I guess we'll find out what the deal is. Yeah. But when sure. you know her as that sort of nice lady, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. And you I would do anything thinking... to protect her son. Yeah. That was the purpose of the yeah, first exactly. film, is that she was going to protect him at all costs. No, you stay back, little fucking weapon ninja. I'll protect you. <laughs> When she shows up, I'm already thinking Heretic is the villain yeah. in this story. Well, okay. And she shows up, and I don't mind that, okay, he's slightly sub-level. He's main villain henchman. The dragon um, is the term. But then it just gets She's worse the wizard. Like, he's the dragon. Okay. Yeah. But then it just gets even worse than that. This is a very good case of a well-designed, expendable henchman, I guess. Um yeah, I mean, it's like you think Shredder is the boss and it's Krang, except yeah. Krang was like a normal businessman in the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he ran an orphanage and like he was genuinely <laughs> nice to people. Yeah. But like picturing He worked with Leslie like a, Tompkins. Like a brain a brain with a face and an arm like in a cafeteria and like a, like an, in an office setting. The mm. tie clips somewhere. All right, so Luke vows revenge for Wait. his dad. 
I want to stop you again. <laughs> does Krang wear the tie or does the, the robot the wear the tie? No, I'm picturing him just as the brain. Okay. <laughs> he's just the brain. Brain by itself, he, no He's suit. just brain him. Okay. Yeah, he's just brain Krang. <laughs> like Meatball. Okay, Meatwad. Yeah, yeah. Meatwad, yeah, like Meatwad. <laughs> like a Meatball, you know. Oh, my God, <laughs> Meatwad is Krang. <laughs> yeah, basically. You're right. Meatwad is Krang without the suit. Work here is done, everybody. I gotta. All right, so Luke vows revenge for his dad. Kate and Montoya have their little meet cute at the bar. Again, I'm saying entire scenes in one tiny line. They just don't need to be there because they don't serve a purpose. They don't lead to anything. Yeah, and because like when we get her, she's kicked out of the military because she's a lesbian. That's her backstory. Yes, and that's not touched on at all in this. And so having her have a relationship with Montoya is kind of like interesting and could tie into that in some way or reveal something. I guess it, it reveals she's a lesbian. Yeah, but all but it is is like, here's my number. That's right. We remember who the character is. But like, we just read Dark Prince Charming. We just talked about this and how it cuts from like one or two pages at a time, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth the whole time. And yet it feels great because you're only focusing on these two or three main characters, right? But in this one, it's like we're jumping here, we're jumping there, we're jumping back. And it doesn't have the same effect even though you're pacing it the same way you know it's what's like, the point of that scene just to be like oh cool she's a lesbian yeah and it didn't even have to be montoya really if you were gonna toss that scene in there willy-nilly then it could have just been any person in the city well yeah. that's what i mean because that's in the original story the comic that her like her comic but yeah. so that just feels like another fan service thing like hey yeah. remember yeah but it's a waste of time yeah dick unmasks as batman for Batwoman. He's kind of talking to her as if like he knows her, and she's like, what the fuck is this? So he takes off the cowl, which, if you look at the shot, they're on a rooftop, but a low rooftop, and right behind them is a big building with various lights on in the windows. I'm like, okay, so you're going to take off the mask in full view of, like, I don't know how many hundred people live there? That's really funny. I liked... Nightwing's dialogue in this a bit where they're just talking about Bruce. Um, this is material that we've seen and covered before, but I just like the way he's talking about like the layers of the mask. He, like Batman is a mask. I'm pretty sure that Bruce Wayne is. I don't think that I don't even know that that's a, a real thing. And then I think that behind all that is just pain. Yeah. Yeah. That is the thread or one of the threads they should have focused on. Yes, and, totally. and cut this other stuff away. And it's, it's kind as of they're their, mining through his head and shit. Yeah, because you get that with a glimpse of that, and then they could have tied that into the Damien and the heretic stuff. I think that they do some cool stuff in this with Nightwing, where he's he's not having a bunch of interactions with Batman, where they are chopping it up together, and he is arguing about how the stuff affected him. He's just kind of sharing his story with a couple of other people. He sort of bridges the generational gap between old school Bat fam and new Bat fam, you know? He's the one who spent the most time with them out of any of them. Yeah. Totally. And it's interesting, too, just this whole, like, everybody's complicitness in this stuff, but also his partially rejecting all of this. Like, this is not good or healthy, really, and it's kind of weird that I'm still doing it, and yeah. but still willing to... Uh, the city needs it, so... If anybody's going to do it right now and is going to fill in, it's going to be me, no matter how much I may not actually like it. He said something at one point earlier. We were talking to Damien, and he tells Robin that no matter how hard he tries, he can't get away from Batman. I know the feeling. Yeah, and he's trying. like, well, I've been, he's been oh. trying to get away from Batman. But that's, that's what I thought. I was like, but how, 
how hard have you been? You became not Robin and you became Nightwing, but you're doing the exact same line of work. Yeah, uh, just like across the river, Gotham. right? Yeah, he's in like Bloodhaven, he which is like next door. Yeah, yeah. You make it sounds like a lot of talk, bro. You uh, claim to not like it, but you are. You're still here, though. I'm against everything that Batman stands for. He wears a cape. He's got a hood. <laughs> he doesn't use batons. That's yeah. like, what is this? See my mullet. <laughs> I, but I will say that's one of my favorite things. Is I love this design. Of Dick Grayson, yeah. It's again. It's another one of those uh, the Rock '90s picture of like a turtleneck and a gold chain, chain or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the mullet. Turtleneck it just looks, and chain. It's turtle I think this chain. this whole design is. Tight. I like his street clothes, but I also like the blue being a lesser focus on this costume, where it's almost all like a lighter black with just the blue logo, not like the blue on the arms. Yeah, and it's got a little mini collar or something that would serve as like neck protection, and even the batons like. Hitting somebody with a baton is that breaks limbs if you get struck yeah, with a that's baton. For sure, yeah, yeah, that would like legitimately really, really hurt a person. Maybe this would actually be the killing blow. <laughs> yeah, that I don't kill people; to. I just hit them in the head with metal batons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not a savage. There is a, another yeah, line in that. As long as you cut away before they die, then they're all right. Yeah, they're just oh, he's he fell asleep. <laughs> <It's okay. Yeah. laughs> like the nuns caught in the explosion. <laughs> like how <laughs> totally the explosion blew them to safety. Every yes. movie ever. A punch just knocks someone out. No one ever goes, "Oh, son of a bitch! Why did you hit yeah. me?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think Austin Powers has that, doesn't it? When she's, he's trying to knock him out with the chop. I could only think of like Will Ferrell sliding into oh, yeah. the room to be burned. And <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. very badly <laughs> burned. <laughs> Which also needs the Archer reference of Archer is the one show that I love. Where anytime somebody gets knocked out, is he asleep? Oh, that's bad. <laughs> you, you shouldn't sleep after that. <laughs> when you were talking about the pain, that line was really. Spectacular because I liked it. That's it's another, and it's probably pulled from a comic, but another sort of like reimagining of their Jeez, relationship. No faith in the writers here. I don't know. Take I'm that, JM Mateus. I'm always going to couch everything I say just to make sure I'm sort of right, even when I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, that like the traditional Batman and Robin relationship, especially those two, because that's the original Robin. Their relationship generally was portrayed like correct on the surface. What you saw was their relationship. He yep. was his ward, and they were. He trained him and did all that. But then in this one where he's saying like, well, you know, I spent all that time with him and I admired him and I looked up to him and I wanted to be him, but I realized like he was never really there. Yeah. And so uh-huh. I was just, well, you want to know what it was like to be with him and to grow up with him? It was lonely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because we that, were never yeah. really there. Like that was, that's an interesting look at that character who again, like Dick Grayson is always the one who's like, he's the Robin that worked, that like yeah. didn't have all the, but I like the way they frame that, that it's still messed up. It still didn't work. Yeah, I didn't do a very good job repeating that back but for stuff that we're kind of familiar with whether it was the phrasing or it was the delivery it felt extra impactful to me this time it was very real yeah and we also get a a flashback to not just kate but batwoman's origin here because and this kind of could have been tacked on to the montoya thing or maybe it was intended to be but it's done as a flashback in the dialogue with dick grayson in which she's leaving a bar one night, walks down this alleyway, gets jumped, and Batman just fucking pounces from out of nowhere, throws these guys aside and swoops out, you know, in and out, and she vowed to never need a Batman ever again. She says the funniest line in the whole thing, which was, after I got kicked out of the military, I was just living in a blur of sex, drugs, and techno house. Oh, yeah, techno <laughs> house. Yeah. 
I remember that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, this must have been like a year before EDM became a big thing. <laughs> this story was written in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like they read it from their iTunes genre list, you know, where it's like techno slash house. You know, a 70 year old man wrote that. Line. Like that's how you say it, right? Yeah. Cool. Heretic comes to the Bat Cave and easily takes down Robin, quite comically, I think. Luke goes to his father's office and suits up like Iron Man. Tetch goes into Damien's head now that Heretic brought him back. And then Heretic unmasks to reveal that he is essentially a test tube Damien, as you mentioned the clone. Uh, Talia intervenes here, and Heretic whines like a bitch. Whoa. And she kills him. I'm going to rephrase that? Jeez. Like this. This is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with sharing your innermost vulnerabilities. This is her perspective in this scene. How could you just kill him like that? Damien asks. He was flawed. Pretty cut and dry. She's like, oh, you're getting weak now too? Done. uh, This scene gets anime to me is really guilty of, for some reason, they can't not explore concepts that have no place in the content that they're <laughs> delivering to you. Like, ev- like every, every, everything. Like, Pokemon, uh, middle school drama cartoons are like, they're places to explore, like, existentialism. And- yeah, yeah, just everything. It's like way too big all the time. It's crazy. I've watched like, a lot of anime always, too. I know how it goes. Yeah, it's, it's it, it, like, even Dragon Ball it's Z, fine. which is fairly shallow in that regard, like it doesn't delve into that stuff, still has, and especially it's a filler is what it is to ex- extend the time. But like we're in a fight scene, they'll be thinking about all that bullshit. <laughs> Even if it's not at the level where like modern anime literally goes into existentialism in the middle of a fight yeah. or something, yeah, it's yeah. that same of like, so what is it in this that they're doing? Um, just Heretic's whole thing about... Um, about... Um, love and memory and motherhood it stands out so much from everything else that like he's the, you mean this like super cool looking badass character is <laughs> yeah. the one dude who who breaks down and like hugs his mommy's belly and and it's not so simple as like well I want what you have brother and move on <laughs> yeah, uh, brother. It, 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 it's just like a, it's like too many layers. There's like too many words that he's sharing in well, he, regards he to. He flipped uh, very quickly. I mean, it's it's not crazy to think that okay, this person's been trained, programmed, brainwashed, whatever. It's not crazy to think you know a lot of tough machismo stuff is a projection of front, you know, to protect things uh-huh. like that. And that someone who's gone through that would be unstable or unbalanced. Yeah, but they don't really give us any of that. It's all, like, revealed very fast. Then he starts being vulnerable, dead. 30 seconds have gone by. This is another instance where I think less would have been more of, like, just having him drop to his knees and hug her and say a thing, that conveys all of that in that one moment of motion instead of having him bad dialogue yeah say any of that stuff just like oh that's weird that this like guy who just beat up Batman and beat all these other people did that that enough like sells like something is off here something is weird and I was a little torn because part of me liked that she killed him in that scene because it was so unexpected and like oh but I think more of me has that like the Dark Knight Rises reaction of like that character is now wasted because now instead of having that character, which has been built up and established in a bunch of different ways, both 
in a combat way of like what he what he represents to these characters, the challenge, but also like the story stuff, his backstory is now wiped. I think the reason to kill him is so you don't repeat what you just did with Talon. Because he developed a soft spot in the end and became the essential foil for the whole thing. Well, that's a mistake, I think. I mean, I get, because it, it would be hard to do it without him being that way, but I think you still could have... He still could have been a player in some way. He still could have like been working for Talia, but had some sort of shift or change. Like, but just to wipe him out like that seems like such a waste of the character that they spent so much time showing us. Yeah, it definitely did not honor the character the way they built him up. You could have had Talia could have sent him to do some sort of suicidal thing, and have him still go along with it, but maybe have some realization, or that's when he starts spewing some shit about like, ah, oh, you know, you'll never appreciate what she gives you. But yeah. I'm going to, like, that kind of stuff. But to just wipe him away, it... Because then at the end, or, now, it's just, she is just the villain, which is even weirder. Yeah, I think yeah. what it does, it's one of those establishing scenes, like, when you show a villain in the first one or two scenes in the movie, and, you know, we watch how he just fucking dispatched Batwoman's attack like nothing, right? You know, they show how formidable they are or how evil they are. You know, they they do these little establishing things that, like... That didn't need to be done other than to show, oh, our hero's up against some fucked up shit, right? But that's all it does because it ruins the initial threat that we had set up and then it it shows that in her, oh, we're dealing with a different Talia this time. But I don't know. I get that she was a reveal, but it's like they almost should have done something else earlier to establish her lethal intent here it's just it's a cluster it's too much it didn't work that's all it didn't work maybe if heretic stuck around almost through the entire thing but then he shows some like sentimentality towards um damien or something like uh damien is like hanging by a cliff or something like that and it's heretic who saves him or something and then talia kills him in the end um yeah that could work. For, for, for being... They do fall off a cliff. Yeah. Well, and that's... I think they, it's another spot where they kind of painted themselves in the corner because they established that with his earlier mercy towards Damien. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's hard for them not to just make him talent again, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, hey, you know, it'd be cool. Well, what if we gave this character, like, another side? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And then they're, like, halfway through writing it, and they're like, oh, fuck, we just did that. Oh, man. <laughs> Mercy towards Damien, and he flips. And like, yeah, I better kill him. Yeah. yeah, just kill him. In that scene, Heretic is talking about memories and stuff and not being what Damien is, and he says to Damien, I'm going to fill that void with you. <laughs> yeah, that was clunky and yeah. Enter Danny DeVito's penguin. I'd like to fill her void. <laughs> you got to pay the trolls toll to get into this <laughs> boy's soul. <laughs> Teach her my French flipper trick. Alright, so here we go. Robin and Batwoman fight gun-wielding ninjas, as I put it, because they are nuns who are kind of ninjas, assassins, whatever. And Luke Fox enters as Batwing, to be immediately uh, mocked by Kate, who says, Batwing, that's original. And but I like that line. She makes it seem like she also has the hots for him, though. She's, she she's gives him like a hubba-hubba when he first shows up. Uh, did I she? didn't read that at all, because she's very gay, but um, what I did read is that that line 
mocks not only herself because she's also a bat derivative, mm-hmm. but the writers from Luke Fox's character, like whoever came up with that the shit in the first wing. place. Yeah. It's a dig at them, like, hey, we're using this character, but you fucking idiots named Batwing. I like that. Well, I've complained about Batwing before. I don't like the character. Part of it is I don't like black. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought I knew where you were going with that. Listen, I'm not insert whoever person we want to imply is racist <laughs> this time. I'm me. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I, um, this regular racist. Thing, yeah. Not, not, extra, no, not extra. Like, Oh, shit. No, I'm sorry. I don't like robot suit uh, heroes. I just think it's uninteresting. Mm. And I was thinking, well, like, well, why does Iron Man get a pass? Because he's played by Robert Downey Jr.? Yes, that's yeah. exactly it. It's because Tony Stark is an interesting character and fun. It's not the robot suit thing. Yeah. Can you imagine if they had just done, like, different versions of Obadiah in, like, all the, all the <laughs> other movies? Robot suit villain it, they would be the worst movie series <laughs> the if one, it was just bigger, badder robots the one, Yeah, that's the biggest weakness. I mean, just another guy in a robot suit. That's the one yeah. thing I can't beat. It's my biggest challenge. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> but, so, I don't like this character. I, I, the suit design is cool. Um, yeah, it does look good. The stuff he does is cool, but it's just, like, it's another, just more shit thrown into this that it doesn't need... And that's how I feel about him in Detective Comics, too. The Bat Family, to me, works when it's a very small group of people. And, like, I complain about this with Batwoman. Like, the more people you start throwing in... Ragman. <laughs> Ragman's cool, because <laughs> I have never heard of him before. <laughs> um, Ragman's cool, because they hit him in the fold where you can't see him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that every new person who can do all this cool shit makes, makes it, it less cool, yeah, right? Yeah, just stupid, but, but you can get around it if you do the work of justifying it. Orphan. Yeah, Orphan is that. Batwoman can sort of be that, because like, the fact that she went to West Point and she was just like a military person, that's not enough for me. Yeah. And they, in her like, comic story, they almost get there, because they say, like, oh, well, uh, her dad hooked her up with like mercenary trainers to give her the elite training, which is sort of like what Batman did. So they almost get it there. And, but and it, he acts as her Alfred Jarvis-type person to facilitate all this and shit. And, yeah. To get her up to... Because yeah. that's... It works because it's like, oh, hey, yeah, this is a Batman comic without being a Batman comic. Like, it, it has all the things. The worst version of this is Joseph Gordon-Levitt as like that. Because you're not showing me, you have not convinced me at all that he's going from average police officer who has trouble fighting two guys. We need some hotter heads around here. <laughs> to becoming Batman. That's what every extra character in this does for me. You know, Nightwing, they already did the work. Damien, they did the work. It's one thing that... Luke Fox would have access to this technology because he's like on to his dad, right? First of all, that's not developed at all. That's a th- almost a throwaway line before they get ambushed. But then for him to know how to operate it, there's no Batman beginsing this. There's no Iron Man one figuring this. Whoa! This is just like I'm a fucking superhero. You know? Yeah, it's so. Yeah, it just. It's like I well, if like anyone it. can do it. That's not that cool. Are there throwaway lines with him about like he's a genius also, or he went to some engineering school or something like that or maybe in that first dialogue between him and Lucius when he's trying to recruit Lego build off champion (laughs) (laughs) I know that Gotham is a bad place oh but I was just thinking that well I mean how how bad is it like can Batman and the couple people that he directly picks just not handle the workload because I was thinking about like if the Batfam is a brand because you're talking about like the more there are, the less special it is. Mm-hmm. Like, why are they all in the same place? Like, why don't uh, 
like if you wanted to be you know if batman wants to or if batwoman wants to be batwoman like how can you just don't go over to the other town and be the only bat vigilante in that town go Why to new to york or chicago this? or something or well yeah. That is actually something I was going to bring up about the very last shot in the film. It doesn't really tie in story-wise to anything. They just do like a superhero ending, you know, where it's like the quick montage of like, oh, there's a flash of a villain I recognize. Let's swoop in and save the day, right? All of us. Except you have like five or six of them, however many there are, all on this one little perch seeing the penguin drive by, right, and shooting the cops out of his window, whatever. And they all jump in at the same time to the same one crime. I'm like, that is the most overkill There's I've so ever seen. There's so much crime happening rampant in the city that night because they're all focused yeah, yeah. on this one thing. Yeah, that is like this- fucking a paper cut at the emergency room. That is so unnecessary. Like, I, cu- <laughs> I kind of couldn't believe Like, yeah, I mean, it's a cool fly into the camera shot. But it's pointless. It's, 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 Batman, for, it's Batman and Robin outro scene where they run into the camera, but yeah. n- nothing's happening. Like, yeah, if you guys all held down the same job and you're supposed to work separate shifts, but you all showed up simultaneously and then everybody <laughs> decided that they still wanted to work. And everyone left at five. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Maybe one of you could be out in the day. Yeah, do we stagger shifts in the day. at all? Yeah, yeah it doesn't. <laughs> I know why you have your little group therapy sessions in the daytime. You know? That was my worst ledger of all time. And you should stick to Harlequin. <laughs> I regret speaking. <laughs> Give me a pudding. Can I have a pudding, please? Fuck yourself. <laughs> pudding, pudding. Okay, so we cut to Robin, who is somehow tied up and hanging upside down from the ceiling. Too many things happen off camera in this. But appears in the very next scene, fully suited up to rescue Bruce. And for a second I thought, well, maybe that was one of those other clones or something. Like, No, I guess that was him. And uh, when he rescues Bruce, he slaps the shit out of him. Because he's trying to... <laughs> Bring it back to his senses. I like that just because uh, violence in kids is funny. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a reversal of that. Who gets to slap Batman? Yeah, really. This uh, kid. Selena. <laughs> yeah. That's about on it. On his bottom. <laughs> so. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> no more bottom slapping today. <laughs> okay, so. so <laughs> Dick's Batman fights some weird guy who walks upside down on his hands for a second. Uh, that's a little, uh, that, that little capoeira boxer guy in the roof collapse felt very Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones shooting the sword guy with a gun. Sam never saw that because that was made before he was born. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking it was kind of Soul of the Dragon because it's like, oh, here's some big game boss fight scene thing at the end that they never explain who this person is and they go away really quickly, you know, like it's half that. Cause the guy, we don't know who he is, but that's he's just, just a, one. Yeah. He's one Indiana of the goons. Jones he's thing. been around the whole time. Mm, gotcha. That's Shakes McMaster. Scooby-Doo. He takes off the, ma- it was me all along. <laughs> Electrocutioner, yeah. you're back. Yeah. Meddling kids. Oh, I knew those tits had to be fake. That wasn't Talia. <laughs> all right. So Dick's Batman fights this guy. He then tries to help Batwoman and Robin escape, but they fall off of this cliff as Ev alluded to earlier, and they fall a long time through the, the, the steam, the fog, whatever. Quite a bit elapses where they're definitely dead, and then Batwing uh, swoops in and rescues them, who is immediately dismissed as like, hey, all right, I'm part of the team now, right? And they're like, <laughs> we can handle this on our own. You Except know. for that. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Please go. Yeah. yeah. Now that we're not dead, we can handle this without you. I generally appreciate how much of a turd Batman is, but this he's a little too turdy in this for me. I felt the same way, but I think they they address it later by saying he was like still brainwashed. Yeah. That's okay, why he made yeah, a dick my, to everybody. That yeah. I do like, actually. Because I had the same thought, like, geez, dude, tone it down. You're- yeah, they're all buddy-buddy by the time you get to the end and uh, ganging up on Penguin. But in, in between then, he dropped some lines that are like, you, you are being a, a grumpy asshole right <laughs> now, man. And the funny thing is, that's on brand enough that none of them even question something is wrong. <laughs> they're just like, oh, I guess he's having a bad day. I don't know. Like, eh, it's, he's it's sleepy. Him. He's <laughs> sleepy. So a week later, we cut ahead. Bruce confronts Dick in the Batcave. Like, why did you tell Kate everything? She knows our identities. And, you know, he's like, look, I fucking try and he's trying to defend himself. And Alfred's like, look, he made a judgment call. You were fucking dead for all we knew, you know. And he just turns to him and says, you're not Batman anymore, you know. Just, I call the shots. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Kate gets the news that she's not wanted in the Bat family, and her dad is putting away the groceries before attempting to murder her. We've established clones, so I'm wondering if that's what's happening. Very confused. She defends herself against him in this kitchen fight scene, kind of like the comedian or something in Watchmen, in her underwear, (laughs) which I assume is only for the viewer, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a wild little scene that's not explained very well. Quick little backtrack, Batman being impressive. They're in the cave, and he's, I think that's where he's, like, bench pressing. They're all hanging out. Yeah, Um, bench pressing. Yeah, 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 bench pressing. Um, And they're like, are you sure, man? He's like, it's been a week. That's long enough. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, But I'm watching this with my friend Garrett, and Garrett used to own a gym, and he's... He's like, how many? What's he got there? Like four plates. So we like, we like count. He's got four plates on each side, and that forty-five pounds each. Yeah, yeah, forty-five each. And Garrett's like, that's four hundred and five pounds, and we're like, impressive. Yep, <laughs> repping four hundred five. I've been trying to work out a little bit, and I can do like maybe a twenty-five plate, a single twenty-five plate on each side. I was like, wait, but the bar is forty-five. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. That's yeah. that's a lot. And he's talking. I can't talk while I'm doing it. I'm like. Please, I need you to get the bar so it doesn't crush me. Spotter, it's a phenomenal amount of weight. I noticed you were really ripped, though. It's yeah. When I took my shirt off earlier, all the way, not halfway like it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, damn, his arms are like veiny now. It's crazy. <laughs> Vascular. Yeah. Bruce Wayne, who refers to himself in the third person, being that it's a fake identity, gives a tech presentation here. That is soon hijacked by Hatter, and we get, for real though, the box from Batman Forever. <laughs> they all have these little things in their ears, and he's given this demonstration on, I don't know, how the fuck they use I don't, I don't think that we should ever understate and... how massively inspirational those <laughs> few films have been on all forms of storytelling. Again, <laughs> I, I continue to credit them for ruining the saga and giving us Batman Begins. No, I mean, there's times where I'll be at home reading the Bible every day, and I'll be like, this is just like that scene from Batman and Robin. <laughs> I can't believe that they had the, the foresight to see what was coming in the future and draw from it's it. genius, really. Yeah. 
Batfam assembles, believing that Bruce is still under Talia's control. They basically get attacked from all angles. They get separated, divide and conquer here. Firefly goes after Batwing, which Firefly has been wasted in this story. It's too bad. Who's the other guy who's not Firefly, but is also like Flying Bugman? Purple guy who also flies around. Has it's like Purple a Beetle. Common Rider Re- costume. It's related to Blue Beetle. Also oh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. There is Blue Beetle. I know there's a big, ugly, horn-faced Ninja Turtle villain who takes on Robin and Batwoman. <laughs> That's Tusk. Okay. So is that his name? From the have Kevin you, Smith yeah, movie? Tusk. Oh. Yeah, have you seen that? That's Justin Long? No. I yeah, that's a great film. Uh, yeah, Red State was enough for me, and I was like, oh, I'll wait for him to do comedies again. I didn't see Red State, but Tusk is uh, wonderful. Red State's one of those movies where like, oh my God, Michael Parks is amazing. This is one of the greatest performances I've seen in a while. But I would never recommend this movie to anyone. <laughs> it's not good. Would it be is good it as a suck, or is it a horror, or what is it? It's uh, It's like three genres mashed together. Would it make a good scissor reel? Seven yeah. minutes? Oh, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a great indictment of like the Westboro Baptist Church people and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it's got some really good shit. Really bad movie. No. Yeah. Now Kevin Smith's not going to invite you to any of his movies. You're just burning bridges left and right. <laughs> can't go to Italy. Can't hang with Kevin Smith. <laughs> can't go to the Suicide Squad from here. <laughs> Won't let you in Walmart. <laughs> and then Batman himself comes after Nightwing. This is... Maybe my favorite part in the movie. That fight scene is pretty badass. Anytime you get master martial artists fighting their protege is always a good time. This didn't have quite the redemptive ability of the previous ones, but it still had like the, where I'm watching and I'm going like, this is kind of stupid. And then that fight happens and I'm like, but this is not stupid. This is really cool. I'm going to be honest. I fully fell asleep like numerous times and kept like rewinding and, pausing like a, right around the time where they show up and fight the ninjas and I had to watch the last half hour last night and again I'm like okay what's going on and I like rewind it a little bit I rewind it five <laughs> minutes you know, all the way back to the beginning yeah okay. I rewind it like five minutes I was like nope, no nope. that still doesn't really explain any of this okay alright yeah I, I don't really get where I'm at now but then that happened I'm like okay okay this is getting me back into it you know? I like the way that stuff shifts around in that fight too like who has the upper hand and it kind of yeah. goes back and forth. We talked about the batons, but like this cartoon does a really good job of conveying impact. So everything looks pretty intense to me, but then also adding the batons into it and, and yeah, different kind cool. of sounds and thinking about like that hurts. And you have times where Nightwing is actually kicking butt, but then it kind of he gets a shoulder messed up. Oh, yeah, that break is crazy. From that was like Shredder and Donnie in uh, yeah. the Ninja Turtle crossover <laughs> where he fucking breaks his arm like that. Except he awesome. bounced back really fast. <laughs> yeah. But I like that they stuck with it, so the whole rest of that fight scene, he's like dragging his arm. Yeah. Trying yeah. to work against the disadvantage. True. Although I think normal people, when that happens, you just like, again, you go into shock. Cry. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually uh, it's uh, kind of ball up, you know, take the batons. <laughs> it's like when, like when uh, Scarecrow is making his scary speech and then gets tased in the face. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> That's the way it would really go. My arm! You'll scream and you'll cry. (laughs) Super cool edit from the Nightwing Batman fight into the Batwing Firefly scene as they cut through them flying through the air. That was really nicely done. Again, for as much as I'm criticizing this movie, I really like Jay Oliva directing these movies. You know, his use of, of motion and action is just great every time. 
Um, yeah, this is well choreographed. Yeah, and, and we see Firefly get sucked into a fucking vent and explode, so he's dead. Robin <laughs> tries that? to save the big, heavy, rhino-faced fuck. Tusk. Fails, <laughs> fails at that. I like that because the callback to the justice, not vengeance. Yeah. And he's dead. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Uh, he tried I that, anyway. that was nice, though. Yeah. yeah. Pat on the back, uh, A for effort. Uh, that he even could pull him at all was another one of those. This is not how that works. No. Yeah, like, I was watching. Yeah, I was like, yeah. he's a fucking child, and that guy's like 400 pounds. Yeah. Oh, he's not there. Yeah. Got it. And then there's an awesome fight with Talia and Batwoman. I really like this face They both off. have guns. They both, yeah, that was cool. This is the dodging the bullet where Talia draws on her, and she fucking just dips out of the way but i i really like this fight sequence and it's frankly the only scene where i was like oh i remember this from when i saw it on netflix years ago i think the only one that stood out for me was that initial catwalk fight everything else was like completely gone i mean it has a little bit of the batman ninja effect it was like now there's this now there's that now there's the other thing it's like what alfred takes over the control room he fights one dude whose fucking eyeball explodes or whatever. He punches him into the wall of yeah, he gets poorly shocked. grounded electrical devices. And then Hatter's fucking head explodes. So, like, all the bad guys totally die in this fight sequence, which is unique for a Batman movie. Yeah. I was surprised by that and also surprised by the lack of gore. When Hatter's brains didn't go all yeah, over the place? It's like he has a clean shirt. I'm like, I don't know how. <laughs> oh, That's like, straight up. yeah, in old movies, like... The alien laser beams somebody and they just vaporize, or like the, <laughs> the, the clothes fall or something. That's how I felt about that. Like, the clothes you, fall. You that's a good one. His, his head turned invisible. That's funny. I just find it hilarious the like details, especially in the action sequences. I'm like, that was cool. And Evan's like, yeah, but did you notice? From the angle, you should have been able to see the splatter on the seal. You know, <laughs> so I didn't see any guts or cartilage or. Uh. Or like the sound that it makes when you punch versus when you hit with the baton. I'm like, damn, how do you even. Yeah. <laughs> really good at taking all of the fun out of stuff. <laughs> I thought that was my job. You got any like a rivet machine? You know, trivia. Works that work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need uh, practical <laughs> mechanics. Uh, yeah. things, show me something that makes sense. When Firefly got sucked into the event, what it would have actually happened was. So you guys know anything about <laughs> hovercraft buildings? And thank you for that brilliant segue because what I was about to ask you guys is, where did this Avengers spacecraft thing come from? Because we started this scene in Wayne. Enterprises or whatever the fuck giving this presentation, right? And they swoop in to the same place and try to get to the back room where Alfred ends up, right? And they try to stop these guys and take the shit down. And then just at some point, we are also on this. It's they don't really space talk station about it, thing, but it took off. It did. That was like. It, yeah. it should have from been established like, from like, like the water. Yeah, the vision of Gotham's future that we can protect it from the sky. Yeah, but there was just a scene of the building lifting up. Oh, I think before everyone gets brainwashed. That okay, part of yeah. the presentation. Yeah, because yeah. there was a uh, shot that was this fucking spaceship thing flying in the air right next to Wayne Tower, like near the top, and I was like, "Wait, we're in two different." Th-. And then I'm cutting back to the Batwoman and Talia fight. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, they are on a thing. Where the fuck?" And by then, I was like, I'm not rewinding this again. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I get the feeling it was in the harbor somewhere, and then it took off from there, and then it's floating. Uh, it's, it's just 
bumper bowling <laughs> yeah. buildings in the city. It's very um, like Ninja Turtles video game slash MCU Avengers. It felt movie. like Marvel-y in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's like all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm watching a cartoon. Yeah. Let's not address that collateral damage <laughs> yeah. or anything. That that building is totally fine. Hey guys, um, keep it to like the broken arms and the arm stabbing and that kind of stuff. I don't want to see floating ships or any of that and laser <laughs> <Yeah>. beams. <laughs> I was just thinking like uh, this whole technology, the floating donut and the brain stuff, that's new tech that they're revealing to all these people at one time. If you're rich, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. But I would think that somebody has to know about that because like, <laughs> You couldn't tell the city about your spaceship <laughs> and not spoil it to the business people. Yeah. So nobody in town. Are you going to Wayne's spaceship meeting today? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so this so is illegal as fuck is what you're saying. Yeah. So it's flying around. That'd be alarming. So who does know about it? Because you have to have like airspace clearance for your floating objects or something. Yeah. Or, or is Batman just like, fuck it. Here we go. I Classic Evan bringing it down. Yeah. <laughs> It was you guys talking that made me think of these things. <laughs> Talia orders Batman to shoot Nightwing and Robin, but he turns the gun on himself, taxi driver style. But he eventually... Can you go no. five minutes without spoiling a movie? <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> From the 70s? Whatever. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sam sorry, was, it's only 45 years old. He was miffed that you interrupted him, but you had a... Solid point, so he had to concede. A, I usually do. It's a famous yeah. shot. Son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, he eventually shoots Talia, which that's rare. That's a thing. Shooting people at all, yeah. That's pretty rare. And he does this to protect Nightwing because she's about to just run him through. Then Batman collapses because firing a gun is so sh- is so soul shattering to him that uh, he he just can't do it anymore. We watch him fight Nightwing. One on one, but now that he's fired a gun, <laughs> uh, it was the Martha thing all over again. Where it was like, "Oh no!" And then he was transported back to the gunshot, and he fell down. And it's just the brainwashing wearing off. I think is what it is. I know it is funny. You can't say your own joke is funny. I will not allow that. That's you can laugh at your own joke. I'm okay with that. You cannot yeah, you, explicitly that's your thing. say. I know that's that's how you know it's a joke because it's not funny. So you won't know that it's a joke unless I laugh at it. But oh, okay, gotcha. I didn't you know cannot that. say that's funny. You, you tried deadpan. See how it plays out. I can't do it. I can't get through it. Okay. Because I'm too funny. Talia swears that she does love Bruce and Damien. Like some more than you'll ever know shit. Or if you only knew. Or you have no idea. Blah, blah. And then dives out the fucking window onto a passing jet. Also like the Avengers, which I believe Loki does. And then fights with some fucking warrior in the cockpit who comes out of nowhere and they fucking crash. That who was, was that? That was Heretic's like, henchman. That was Heretic's, yeah. Okay. And she fucking, was getting revenge. God damn, a side character's side character. Yeah, it was just... Um, and then they fucking crash and explode. It's like, well, that was a waste. So weird. Possible bald baby mama. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. She's got a fetish for clones. Kate reconciles with her dad after the mind control wears off. He's got like a head bandage <laughs> from her kicking his ass, I guess, in the kitchen. She hits him with a frying pan. That would mess yeah. it up. That was, that was the Archer moment I had like, oh, is he asleep? That's bad. <laughs> oh. Dick and Alfred oversee as Bruce gives Damien the talk about his dead assassin mom. She did love you. Yeah. In her yeah. own way. In her own way. She really did when she threatened to end your life. So casually. And then we have the superhero montage with the penguin 
swooping into action. So, yeah, okay. Final thoughts on that. This movie started in an interesting spot and just got weaker as it went on. And that's <laughs> everything you just described is like peak weakness. Tons going on, but it's just like, it's not the payoff to anything. It's almost like these three movies had enough good ideas for one awesome one. Or maybe two. Or maybe two, but each one was kind of okay. And I, I think the second one is really the strongest with the Court of Owls and shit. I think yeah. that was the winner. I agree completely. And this is, I guess, on par or like it looks better, but is maybe just as clunky writing wise as the first one. Yeah. I, I know that we complain about them smashing too much stuff into a single thing, but I almost wish that the three movies were one movie with the three movies worth of material, but in the length of one movie. That's kind of what I was saying. We're like, go the other so way. So they'd be three times as bad. But no, just, but yeah. all of the stuff goes into no, one. Don't explain anything. It's just like, uh, just a barrage just a, of fast paced. No, <laughs> it's just no. a ride. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they introduce all these characters, but just in the last 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I would. That's interesting. And they'll still keep the 70 minute runtime. Yeah. Like, no. It's an anime music video. I'm down. Yeah, if clips were so short that you couldn't actually have dialogue because it would be like, like but then we wouldn't get weird stuff. owl cameos and shit. You know, you just get uh, the one coolest line from each scene oh. with yeah, music playing like, in the background. So, well, like what I want to know is if you just flashed all this critical stuff for like 90 minutes, how much would we retain and how <laughs> much of the story could we actually derive from their just flashing visuals at us? See also Batman Ninja or the seal music video kiss from a rose. I get more from that than I do the movie and I get all the important beats and everything. It's doable. When I say anime music video, that's not a joke or a criticism. That is a legitimate that's form what you of storytelling. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's peak art for you. <laughs> Easter eggs, anything? I wrote no Easter eggs. None that I recall. They've done this in other animated ones, but when they show the TV news anchor, it always says News 52 in the corner. Oh, hmm. News 52? News 52, I know, but yeah. News 52. Oh, oh, you get it. I know. Shit. Wow. <laughs> that's a joke. Oh, Very my funny. God. Yeah, that's about it. Pros. Again, the hand-to-hand -hand combat is well choreographed and well shot, well directed. Yeah, great action, animation. Heretic is a cool character and a cool design. I just think it's not used well, but... I would take that note. a step further and say the cast was good in this because... Except for all the stupid henchmen villains, they're dumb. I just thought there was other ones like, maybe because this one has more Bruce than Batman... Like I had said before, Jason O'Mara didn't feel quite right in one of the earlier ones, but um, I thought everyone did a, a really good job in this uh, in terms of all the main characters. Yeah. Performances were good across the board. Yeah. That's not an issue at all. I think it's kind of a shame that Heretic ended up being what he was or just wasn't kind of given his due diligence because I feel like Nightmare Damien in the other one and heretic make really cool looking characters yeah yeah i mean because and that's another character that on paper or starting out could be kind of dumb yeah like, what if he's batman but like he's wearing a vest and you can see his muscles <laughs> and he's really big and he's like fucking tough he beats them all that's sort of sounds stupid but it's set up well and it's actually cool well mm -hmm. and in that one it was sort of a a brief vision 
that never came to fruition. In this one, at least it's not just an Easter egg. We do get a bit of it, even though it kind of fizzled out. Yeah. I just want to see good visual design deserves good storytelling, good character. Like, what are we going to get? Boba Fett, Darth Maul all over again. It, it is. And I, I'm ah. thinking, like, when are we going to get, like, the Asbats animated adaptation, you know, where we get to see mm. fucking awesome armor-plated fuck shit up, shooting those those that mini batarang yes. discs out. That has to be a thing for them to mine at some point. They gotta do it. Especially yeah. after, like, Curse of the White Knight and, like, coming back. Like, don't do Nightfall, because it's just too fucking long. You can't do it right. But just give us some Asriel shit. I want that. I did talk about in one of the previous ones that I hoped that they were, like... Or I talked about the Justice Society one and then the Long Halloween that I hope that if they're not successful, it doesn't matter because they're not going to put money into stuff that isn't successful regardless of if we like it or not. But I would love it if they're just like rolling the budget over a little bit more or something like that so that they're like, oh, Long Halloween, that was more successful. And they're just like set the extra aside for the next one so they can like budget, budget, budget. Uh And then you could have something like that with Asriel or something or like a legit awesome two-part storyline where the storyline and the animation were peers. Yeah. I think how well the next Batman movie does will have a big part in that because both in preparation for that, they want to keep Batman hype alive so they'll keep releasing things. But if that does well, that would be the perfect time for them to capitalize on that and like, you know, really go all out with the next Batman cartoon. Yeah, you, you know that they'll have something up the sleeve to drop like right after the Batman, but... If that hits really big, like Nolan did or something, then yeah, we're gonna get a lot of cool shit. It's interesting too because I know that somebody knows the value of. This I know market. that somebody knows. <laughs> uh, somebody knows the value of this market because, like, anime isn't only big in Japan; it's also really big globally. And so for a long time, it felt to me like there was just sort of this insistence on like the American market likes Japanese cartoons. Did they just not like Batman cartoons or something? And it felt like intentionally dragging our heels when we could be introducing characters that originated here into this market if we only delivered the same amount or the same quality of content that people are used to from this. Like, why do we suck at this? It's like stuff only got good when we started having Korean animation teams or something. Yeah. But it was like we wanted to be bad at it or something, which only brings down <laughs> the whole the, the brings down the art form when you could be like this is a proven money maker, so let's do what they're doing but I mean, with our characters. It's true if you think about between 1992 or 3 and 2008 or so all we have is Mask of the Phantasm, Sub-Zero, and Return of the Joker. Uh-huh. Interject if I'm leaving something out, but I mean, there, there was nothing through that whole period. And now, it's nice that we are getting a lot, but the quality goes up and down depending on... But in that period, too, in the 90s, that's like... I mean, probably some in the 80s, but especially the 90s, I think that's the big insurgence is that the word i'm looking for resurgence well it's not the resurgence either but it's oh. that's when anime starts i think becoming really big in the west because it was already yeah. there in the 80s with like voltron and repurposing japanese things but like when watching the actual japanese anime dubbed or subtitled or whatever becomes big because i think that's the big thing when you when you think about like adult animation in the west 
At least when I think about about it, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Try again. At least when I think about adult animation in the West, it's almost always more like lewd or raunchy. Mm. They never really went for yeah. action or violence. Sometimes there could be darker stories, but it, it it always seemed more again like lewd or raunchy or comedy based. When that's, I think, besides just the novelty of a foreign culture, what people, myself included, like about anime was that it could do. It was a cartoon, but it took action seriously, and it took violence seriously, and it took drama seriously intertwined in all of that. And that's yeah. perfect for Batman or dark superheroes, comic books, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to cons, then. I think we kind of said it, but I just wrote there's just too much going on to care about it. Yeah, there's nothing that you care about There's no, for whatever reason. Yeah. Nothing really matters. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. I, my eyeballs were happy the whole time, but if I thought about stuff, then I did not like it. Yeah, and it kind of has the opposite effect for me, because if I can't get involved in the story, I'm either on my phone a lot, or like in this case, I'm nodding off and having to fucking rewind it, like which is very rare for me. Unless you give anime music videos a try, because that's all... <laughs> you don't have to care, because it goes by so quick. <laughs> Yeah, it's got that house techno or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever techno house. I know you techno weren't in the house. scene because you don't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Glow sticks in your baby binky. <laughs> Polanski's <laughs> trifecta. Detective, <laughs> is there anything? He's pretty much a prisoner this whole time. <laughs> no, he doesn't detect. No. <laughs> he, he knows that Kate is Batwoman. He knew True. early on. Yes, you're right. Wow. Give um, him some credit. <laughs> Batman Nightwing fight. That was about all for Ninja, right? Does he for, do anything otherwise? It's another one of my, wow, gee whiz, human body, the, how he saves Batwoman. Man, I'm losing it. Oh, what he saves Batwoman in the alleyway? No, in the beginning with the, uh, her grapnel hook to throw her out the window to save her from the explosion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He kind of throws himself on the, the grenade. Knives in the shoulder. Knives to the side, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool. You're right. You're and again, right. like not a crazy human thing, but portrayed correctly for you to really go, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. That's like first scene, so I'd already forgotten that that happened. I'd already fallen asleep three times (laughs) by that point. Trauma. I thought there were a couple of lines that alluded to this. Talia in the end says, I washed away his trauma by brainwashing him. She's trying to justify it. And earlier, Hatter is in his head and says, his trauma runs so deep, it's as if he defines himself by his pain. Mm Mm-hmm. There's mentions without really demonstrating it. And the Nightwing line from earlier, which is maybe the yeah. best line in the whole thing. Yeah, I think in, instead you get more uh, Nightwing's perspective on Bruce's trauma and how he was affected by it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's interesting. Of like being the child of a parent who went through harsh things when they were a kid. Like that's yeah. the knock-on effect of that. For sure. Foster parents got it rough. Yeah, after having trauma of your own. Yeah. And then simultaneous, like, this dude isn't healed. Uh, I'm just a part of his life now. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, we'll struggle through this stuff together. I got my stuff, you got your stuff, we got our stuff. Wish we'll me luck. Practice Aikido together, we'll be good. Yeah, yeah. They go to Ikea together? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> soothes the soul like Swedish furniture. Mm, Plyboard furniture. His analytical <laughs> skills would be good for assembling it, but he'd still make Alfred do it just out of principle. Rating. 
You gotta check your notes for that one. Well, I was trying to figure out what. I just want to say that there's some point in the Batwoman Talia fight where one of them calls the other one big dirty, and then it gets cut off with a punch. There was some noun coming after you, big dirty. <laughs> Which huh. isn't there an actual bitch in the in that last fight? Maybe. I so think. then you know that what comes after dirty is not bitch. It must be harsher than that if they have to cut oh. it off with a blow. You, maybe it's like a you know a PG thirteen like you only get one fuck. You know, they get one you gotta cut the other thing. one. I've noticed with animation, they'll rate them R when they're PG thirteen by movie standards. Uh-huh. You know, so like I think they gotta be a little more careful, just because like eh, PG thirteen, but kids will be buying it. You know, big dirty scoundrel. Yeah, scoundrel. Uh, it's two uh, and a half uh, for me. Two and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say three, but I. I'm not, yeah. And that's not a two and a half that I want to walk back later because I don't know my own scale. That's a two and a half. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's right down the middle. It looks really good. Good character designs. Just doesn't matter. Yeah, I'd say three or three and a half. It's enough for me to either be right in the middle or slightly more on the positive side. All right. How do you rate this mustache? Five out of five. <laughs> Thank you. Well, DC, now that we have uh, eviscerated this trilogy of movies, you know, keep us in mind for future premieres because uh, you know I'm seeing other people I know on the internet. You know, you're allowed to go to the movies on your cool own. Shits, right? You don't have to wait you know? for them to invite you. Yeah, but I want to see it early. At this rate, I'm going to get it more spoiled than I just did for you. Well, yeah, if you wouldn't spend time with people who spoil things, you'd be all right. Those are my people. Hey, I just saw Suicide Squad. Everybody died. Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one said that. This is Robin. Thanks for checking out the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warman. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. You have heard me say a million times, please give us the five-star rating and review. Well, I wanted to shout out our friend, the Nando Knight, who actually went and did that the other day, and uh, I appreciated his kind words. I also appreciate you guys sending us messages when you listen to the show and like, I was yelling at my phone trying to interject and shit. I like that. It's a good time. Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting, spreading the word. If you want to see an interview with me talking about my Bat fandom and, and history in that, you can subscribe to The Bat Force on YouTube, and I was on the Everything Batman podcast, so shout out to uh, those dudes we are going to come back to you with a spin-off from the murphy verse white knight harley quinn